This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always Bowl season is upon us. Heisman Trophy announced last week. Bryce Young takes the award home. Matt and I talked on it last week about we thought he was in the driver's seat, and it was clear that he was the one to beat when it came to the Heisman Trophy. Well-deserving. The performance that he put on this year was nothing short of remarkable. I understand he had talented skill players but an amazing performance by Bryce Young, that Alabama offense. Excited to see him in the playoff to see if Alabama could win another national championship. With no games this past weekend besides Army-Navy and the announcement of the Heisman Trophy, we thought this was a good opportunity to do a deep dive episode on three prospects. We have touched upon two of them throughout this season, but not really a full detailed report on them they weren't in the original 80 to 85 players that were in the 2022 scouting notebook uh so we did a deep dive a couple weeks ago about a month or so ago on on kenny pickett and and a handful of other guys and all those reports are going to be added to the scouting notebook by the end of the month just kind of wanted to watch a little bit more film down the second half of the season to see if anything in terms of opinions change But tonight I'm going to be giving you a deep dive on three new prospects, two running backs and a wide receiver. I'm going to be talking about Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA, formerly of Michigan, and then Khalil Shakir out wide receiver out of Boise State. I think all of these guys are very much draftable prospects. I think most of them are probably somewhere on day three but i do think they could be guys that could be in the round four or five mix i think they're guys that could pick up some steam in the pre-draft months uh i i think it's going to be interesting to kind of see i think shakir could be somebody in the all-star circuit that really maybe uses that to catapult his draft stock a little bit as well so let's start with the running backs and then we'll end uh with shakir and this is the nfl draft report for this week and you know, Jerome Ford is an interesting prospect because he's a four, former four-star Alabama transfer. So right there, that should uh, pique some interest, raise some eyebrows that this was a guy that Alabama wanted. We know the success they've had in running backs. They often bring in a lot of highly regarded running back prospects. Didn't work out at Alabama. He transferred. But keep that in the back of your mind that this isn't somebody who ended up at Cincinnati who was not regarded highly coming out of high school. This was a four-star recruit that Alabama went after and brought to, you know, brought to Alabama. And then he just decided to transfer to Cincinnati. And man, this year, I know this is a guy that Matt's talked a lot about. So I know Matt wanted to be on the show this week, but just didn't get an opportunity uh, to make it work out logistically time-wise. But this year, I mean, Jerome Ford, you know, 1,242 yards rushing, 19 touchdowns, chipping in with 18 catches, 209 yards and a touchdown through the air as well. And we already talked about it last week when we did a quick preview of the playoffs. Man, the opportunity is now there for Jerome Ford and Desmond Ritter, but, you know, we're just focused on Jerome Ford tonight that he's going to have an opportunity, you know, New Year's Eve, playoff game, Middle of the day spotlight day against Alabama. Alabama's defense is not what it once upon a time was. So there's going to be an opportunity for Cincinnati to score some points. There might be an opportunity for Jerome Ford to make some big plays. 
So, you know, I figured now is as good a time as any to do a little bit of a deep dive, kind of building into the playoffs to see how I thought he kind of checked out in terms of my evaluation process. And, you know, just to give the background, he's 5'11", 220 pounds. He's a redshirt junior. You know, when, when you watch him play, I, you know, first thing that stands out is he's got good size and frame. His listed weight, you know, I feel like he carries it well. Like, he doesn't look as – when I look at him, I don't see 220, to be honest with you. We're talking about another player today, you know, with similar measurements at 220. He just looks different at 220. You know, Jerome Ford, you know, doesn't look, you know, like a guy – if someone told me he was 210 or 212 or 214, I would say, okay, I buy it. So I'm interested to know if that number is legitimate, but he's got good size and frame. And the first thing that stands out when you watch him play is I think he's got above average to good athleticism for a guy his size at 220. You know, I think his long speed, I think you see buildup speed. I think his long speed is probably somewhere above average, you know, to, to maybe good for a guy at his, you know, weight and frame he'll probably be a guy that runs like a four five five to four five eight i don't think he's a blazer or anything like that and you know we've seen guys like alvin kamara and, and josh jacobs and clyde Edwards Hilaire, and you know those guys were in that four four seven to four five four range so like, i'm not anticipating jerome ford being faster than any of those guys so so i would say his, his speed is probably somewhere between average to above average to good right now I think he's got good short area burst, though. I, I, I like his buildup speed. I think he's got better acceleration, maybe, you know, than, than people give him credit for. And I think as he builds up, if he gets to the second level, I think he picks up speed and picks up steam. So that's what I thought in terms of maybe his athleticism. I thought he's got good footwork for, for a bigger guy. And he's able to one cut and get upfield quickly. He's not going to be a guy that kind of stems together multiple cuts. He's he's just not that kind of player, right? He's not like a Jerry Ely type running back or, you know, a guy who's going to put multiple cuts on the defender. That's not his game, but he does have the ability to plant his foot, one cut and get upfield very quickly. I think his vision and his patience are impressive for a college running back. So I think he's got good vision and patience. I think he allows his blocks to develop. I think he picks the right rushing lane and, and attacks it with aggressiveness and aggression, not a lot of wasted movement and wasted motion in his, in his running capabilities. And then because of that, it ties in together with his area of strength that is the best. And that is a guy who runs with good to very good play strength, toughness, physicality, and power. This is a guy that picks up extra yards, breaks tackles regularly, good contact balance to absorb contact and run through contact and maintain his balance, maintain his leverage and pick up additional yards. He kind of has that ability to not go down on first contact, which allows him to pick up more yards. He's not going to be a guy that's going to go down on an ankle tackle. So he's a guy that I think best suits like an inside running scheme, but I do think he's got the capability to whether it's a gap scheme or a zone scheme because his vision and patience is so good. I think he can run some inside gap. I think he can run, uh, I'm sorry, he can run some inside zone. I think he's best suited for an inside gap, you know, power run scheme, but he does have the lateral quickness to get to the outside, you know, to make a play also if the opportunity allows him to bounce it outside, you know, so it's good to see that in his arsenal. When I said before that he has the ability to one cut and get a feel, I, I mentioned he doesn't have, I didn't see on the film that I watched a lot of multiple cuts. Like I don't look at a guy 
who I think's agility or elusiveness or change of direction is that good. That just doesn't, that's just not who he is. He doesn't profile as that. I think he has some ability, like I said, to get to the outside. So he's got some lateral quickness. He's got the one cut, you know, plant his foot and get upfield quickly, but he's not going to be a guy in the open field who's juking and jiving and, and, and stemming multiple cuts together to make people miss and, and be elusive in that regards. To me, he's going to use his power and his contact balance and run through contact. That's how he's going to break tackles. And he's got that build-up speed, that acceleration in the second level that he can make some big plays and he can take it the distance, but it's going to be more of that build-up speed, not making people miss with juke cuts and stuff like that. He does have a little bit of an upright running style, so that does kind of open him up a little bit more for some wear and tear. I almost wish he was a little bit lower to the ground, a little bit more natural forward lean. I think that would help sometimes. Uh, But he is a little bit upright, which gives him a, a little bit of a wide target. Uh, one of the things that I think, you know, is somewhat concerning is that the way Cincinnati's offense runs is almost every run that I saw of him is out of a shotgun and spread. So I think that just naturally kind of creates wider rushing lanes. So it would be interesting to kind of see Jerome Ford, you know, in a non shotgun spread offense, you know, does without those running lanes as being wide open and him having as much room to decide, you know, what's the right rushing lane. It would be interesting to see if he was as successful. I think he could be. We, it's just limited samples of him running traditional power run game, traditional stuff like that, even though I think that's probably where he suits his best and they do run power out of the shotgun and out of the spread. But I, but I do think that's something that you just, you just don't see a lot of him. You don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of short yardage goal line, power jumbo packages you don't see a lot of pro style you know one tight end or two tight end you just don't see that a lot of it shotgun spread obviously the threat of a running quarterback helps him in college so that's something uh to, to be aware of i think he's probably there wasn't a ton of pass protection reps that i was able to get a hold of i thought he would say he could he could hold his own he's definitely got the body type that he should be you know, adequate in pass protection. And I thought his receiving ability was was probably about average. I don't think he's a guy. I think he's a guy who's serviceable. He can catch a check down. He can run a screen pass. He's not going to be a guy that you're, you're building packages in terms of him, you know, wheeling out or running legitimate routes out of the backfield. He's just more of a check down option. So, you know, in terms of the NFL, I think he profiles probably as a day back a guy that can maybe work his way into a committee. I think he could be a part of a committee at the next level, whether it's the lesser part or eventually work his way to a, a bigger part if he gets that opportunity. But but I do think he's not a guy who's a three-down guy. I just don't think he's a guy that the NFL is going to view as a guy who could be a guy you're going to pencil into, a three-down workload, pass receiving. So I think he's a good prospect. I think he is interested in this class because I do think after the top – couple running backs it's really a wide open class so i do think he's one of those guys that'll go on day parade if he gets an opportunity to seize you know part of a backfield i think he could take it i think his skill set is intriguing i think we're seeing a lot more teams in the nfl run out of shotgun out of the spread so i think that's kind of conducive to maybe where uh he is as a player i think like i said while i think he's best in a gap power run scheme i think he's got the ability to be a zone runner so that opens up his you know, versatility a little bit at the next level as well. So that was that was Jerome Ford. Uh, all those thoughts there that I kind of shared will be put into the 2022 scouting notebook, you know, maybe some updates to it after, you know, the, the national semifinal playoff game. 
And, you know, we'll see if I change anything on that or in the pre-draft months. But that's kind of where I stand on, on Jerome Ford uh, in his deep dive. If we spin this over to Zach Charbonnet, the former big-time recruit, four-star recruit to Michigan, who had a productive freshman year, then things kind of, you know, went off the train tracks a little bit, so to speak, in Michigan, but now transferred to UCLA this year. He's a junior. This year, 1,157 yards rushing, uh, a 5.6 average, 13 touchdowns, chipped in with 24 catches and 197 yards. I mean, he checks in at 6'1", 220. And when you watch him, this is what I was saying. Like, he just looks bigger, more physical. The frame is he filled out even more than a guy like Jerome Ford. So both their measurements are listed at 220. But you watch, you look at Zach Charbonnet, he just looks bigger, more physical. So I'm not sure like if that Jerome Ford number is wrong. I'm not sure if that Zach Charbonnet number is wrong. I'm not just sure if it's that Zach Charbonnet is a couple inches taller. And and but he just looks like his frame looks like he's carrying more weight than Jerome Ford. And because he's two inches taller, sometimes it would even look thinner, but it looks like he's carrying even more weight. So when I watch Zach Charbonnet, I'll say this. I was a little bit more impressed with Jerome Ford than I was Zach Charbonnet, but I think they're pretty close in terms of draft grade. Zach Charbonnet's stats this year, some games have been very gaudy. and But I think quickly, I'll start out with some of the things that are concerning. You watch Zach Charbonnet, and I know he had some big, he's had some big-time plays, he's had some big-time runs. And similar to Jerome Ford, I do think there is a little bit of build-up speed. But there are times that he is... I would call him much more of a sustainer and a plotter than a guy who's going to create a lot on his own. To me, he you see it in his movement skills. His movement skills, I think he, everything he does is a little bit slow to react, I think. And I think he is a guy that north-south is very impressive. I think he's got some short area bursts to his game, but the minute he starts going a little bit lateral, the minute he's asked to, you know, get to the outside or make a cut, I feel like it's a slow process. It's a little bit slow for him to change directions and then to get it going again. So I don't see a lot of agility or elusiveness or change of direction. And I see a guy that in his movements is a little bit slow to be able to regather himself. And I think at the next level where everything's going to be faster, linebackers are much faster, DBs are more physical and getting up to play the run, safeties are you know physical freaks in the NFL. I think in the Pac-12, his size and frame and a good scheme that UCLA is running this year has created a lot of rushing lanes for him to take advantage of that if he was playing still in the Big Ten or he was playing, you know, in the SEC, I'm not sure he would have had as much success as he's had because I do think at times he looks like his movement's a little bit laboring in terms of, you know, his lateral quickness, his lateral movement skills, his diagnosing and his agility. So I, I do think that is something that stood out right away. And that was different than Jerome Ford. I don't think Jerome Ford is this guy who's going to put multiple cuts together. I didn't think he was a little bit better at one cut and get up field. I just thought his natural movement skills was quicker. You know, so, you know, I classified Jerome Ford as above average to good probably on athleticism. I think Zach Charbonnet's 
athleticism, and that's not the be end end all as a runner, but I think his athleticism is probably about average. Maybe if you want to take into account his size and frame, you could say, yeah, for his size and frame, it's maybe above average. But I just think he's he's very much power back, physical, tough, best going north south, tremendous job using the stiff arm. I would classify his play strength as very good to great. Physical, tough, forward lean, finishing ability, breaks tackles, good contact balance, similar to Jerome Ford. He'll run through contact. He'll absorb contact. He wants contact. To me, he's a power back, inside runner. You could do a little bit on the outside, but I think at the next level, that's going to really be minimized in terms of what he can do out there. I think his lack of lateral movement and his lateral quickness and his ability to make people miss is going to hinder his ability to run on the outside too much at the next level. Uh, but for a bigger back going North South, I think, like I said, he's got good short area bursts to aggressively and be decisive in attacking his hole. I think he's got good vision and patience. I think he's a guy who's very functional. He could be a functional back at the next level. He could be part of a committee. He could be a goal line short yardage back. But I think he's not going to be a guy that has as much success at the NFL level as I think we saw this year. I think he's got to be very much an inside gap scheme, maybe do some inside zone stuff. But I think inside gap is where he's going to live. That leg drive, pushing the pile, being able to take on defenders and, and pick up additional yards after contact. I think that's going to be his bread and butter at the next level. Similar to Jerome Ford, I think his receiving capabilities is probably about average. I think he's a guy who you can do a check down to, uh, run a screen to occasionally, but he's not going to be a guy that you're asking to do too much in the passing game. I don't think a lot of teams would look at him as a three down back at the next level. I don't think a lot of teams would look at him as a guy who can play on all three downs. I think they would think early downs, short yardage, committee guy, a guy who goes somewhere on day three that could work his way to a, a solid backup or a part of a committee. And if the opportunity you know, ever becomes available, he could be productive back in the next level. There's lots of guys who go on day three who could be productive backs in the next level. And again, we know at the next level, it's not about just athleticism. Like he, the, His athleticism or, or lack thereof at times or his lateral movement skills, that doesn't going to hinder him. I mean, look at James Robinson. James Robinson doesn't have great lateral movement skills. James Robinson doesn't have great speed, great athleticism. It's about the total package, the vision, the patience, allowing your blocks to develop, tough physical, be decisive. So I think he checks a lot of those boxes. I just think his movements are a little bit laboring and a little bit slow and methodical at times and not as uh, quick as I would like to see, but he does show that size with the size he has and the power and the physicality of his game. I think there's a place for him at the next level, you know, and, and while some team might want a Jerry on Ely, well, another team might say, you know, excuse me, for example, the Cardinals don't re-sign James Conner and they, they want to pair somebody with, you know, Chase Edmonds, well then, yeah, they got like Zach Charbonnet on round four or something makes a lot of sense. And and he could he could be very productive in that offense because similar to Jerome Ford, Zach Charbonnet, a lot of runs out of the shotgun, you know, spread it out. You're going to do that with Arizona, you know, like the threat of a quarterback running, all that stuff. So I think there's a place for him. 
I came away with a little bit more impressed with Jerome Ford just because I think he's got a little bit more juice and his movement skills, I think, are a little bit more fluid than, than I thought Zach Charbonnet. And I mentioned earlier in the year, and, and I, I know once upon a time he was thought of as this highly, highly you know, polished prospect who wanted to leave college early, but I see a lot of Maurice Claret in Zach Charbonnet. And I know that's a name from the past and there might be some younger audience that doesn't even know who Maurice Claret is, you know, former, you know, superstar running back for Ohio state. But that's kind of what I see with Zach Charbonnet. Like I kind of feel like his movement skills, his athleticism, his, his developmental or concerning areas or weaknesses, whatever you want to call them, and his strengths are very similar to once upon a time what Maurice Claret did. And it didn't mean that you couldn't have really gaudy statistics and, and stuff like that, because I, I do think, you know, Charbonnet has done that this year. And like I said, his stiff arm, his power, his toughness, his physicality, all impress me. He's a, he's a prototypical power back. Uh, and I think there's a place for that at the next level. It's an open draft class, so you could see Charbonnet. But again, I think he is he's going to get what's there for him at the NFL level. And he's going to push the pile a little bit because of his strength and physicality. But he's not going to be a guy that would be very productive. Not many running backs are, but he's not going to be a guy that, you know, you put him behind an average or a suspect offensive line, I think he's going to really struggle at the next level because of his lack thereof you know, at, at speed and at athleticism and, and movement skills a little bit. So I like Charbonnet. I think he's probably somewhere in that round four, round five mix. I think Jerome Ford's probably right around there too. Uh, you know, I think they're, I think they're pretty similar in their draft stocks right now. I'll be interested to kind of see if the pre-draft process or to, you know, for Jerome Ford, the playoffs, you know, could, could be a little bit of a, you know, uh, catapult in terms of ride that momentum. If he has a really good game against Alabama, you know, on New Year's Eve, could he use that momentum to kind of elevate his draft stock a little bit? So that's kind of how I saw the two running backs. If we take this to the third prospect I'm going to talk about in today's deep dive, and that is wide receiver Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. He's a senior. He's six feet tall, 190 pounds. This year, he's got 77 receptions, 1,117 yards, and seven touchdowns. I hadn't watched a lot of Shakir. I mean, I had watched Jerome Ford this year. I had watched Charbonnet. I hadn't done a deep dive on him, but I had watched him just watching games on Saturday. I had not had eyes too much on Boise State this year. So sitting down to do a deep dive on Khalil Shakir, I, I went in with no preconceived notions, no preconceived film ideas or, or anything about him. And I walked away pretty impressed with a guy that, yeah, I think he's a day three guy. I think he's around four guy, probably around four or so. But I think he's a guy that the pre-draft process could really see some movement on this guy because he's got average size and frame. But right off the bat, the, the calling card to me is, the NFL is looking for versatile offensive playmakers. And when I watch Khalil Shakir, that's what I see. I see a versatile offensive playmaker. I see a guy who is going to be a slot receiver at the next level, going to be a, a kick returner. You can do some jet sweeps and end the rounds, push passes. You want to run some wildcat? He can run some wildcat for you. I see a versa. You want to do quick screens and end the rounds and all that stuff. Shakir has that ability. He's going to be a guy who is used in a variety of ways. A creative offensive coordinator is going to manufacture touches for him. I think his best calling card is his change of direction, 
his quickness, his footwork, his agility to make people miss. So I think he's a guy who you're going to see a lot of stuff after the catch with this guy. So I think he's a slot receiver. You could use in a variety of ways, get him the ball, but he does have the capability to also win a little bit vertically. Now, I don't think he's going to be a burner. I think his long speed is probably somewhere about above average to good. I, I don't think this guy's going to be a guy who's running a four, four, you know, I think he's going to be a guy probably, you know, you know, high four, fours or, or, you know, or four five. I don't think he's a burner, but I think he's a guy who's quicker than fast, who could get vertical because his movement skills, his quickness and his footwork are very intriguing to me. I also like his route running ability. I'm always somebody that comes back to route running. I'm always somebody who's intrigued by route running. To me, he's a very good route runner uh, with good footwork. I like his separation quickness in and out of breaks. I like his ability to put multiple coming out of his break. I think he does a good job at selling selling one route to the defender and then, you know, breaking the other way. So I like that coming out. I think he, I think the movement skills and the route running and the footwork and the separation quickness make it a guy who's going to find his way to getting open out of the slot at the NFL level. So you're talking about a guy who could be a productive slot receiver, maybe work his way into a starting slot receiver who could be, you know, third on the depth chart, but could also be used other ways offensively, can be used on special teams, can get the ball in space. So there's a lot of things I like about him. At the college level, he even showed the ability to adjust and showed good body control at some stuff, you know, at the catch point a little bit. I thought his hands were average to good. Uh, even though he's only six feet, I thought he had a pretty good catch radius and length, and I thought he had good ball skills. He he read, uh, he knew when to come back to it, when to adjust to it. So I thought his ball skills, his body control, his ability to adjust was, was there as well. He's not going to be a guy, listen, he's not going to be a guy at the next level who plays a lot on the outside. I just don't think that's going to be his game. I don't think he's going to be a guy that wins much at the at the catch point in terms of high pointing the football or using strength or physicality to create space for contested catches. I don't think he has, you know, elite level or top level speed or explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, but I think he's a guy that once he gets going into his routes, I, I like his footwork. I like his separation quickness, but he doesn't have that immediate off the line of scrimmage explosiveness to just blow by a defender. I don't think he has that at the next level. And that's fine. Not a lot of guys have that. So, you know, so that's okay that he doesn't have that. He's not going to be asked to win a lot at the catch point. He's going to be a guy that, you know, t- quarterbacks aren't going to be throwing the ball up to him too often for him just to make a play, you know, at the catch point. That's not his game. But he is a guy who's going to get open. He's going to create space for his quarterback to throw him the football. He's going to be a guy who could put double moves on defenders and really create space for and be that security blanket out of his slot, but also have enough quickness and movement skills and yak ability to be a guy that you want to just get the ball in space and let him do work after the catch. So I think he's a guy that, if, you know, if he ends up at the senior bowl, and I think he is, he's going to be a guy that probably shines in senior bowl one-on-ones because I think he's going to be a guy that does very well in those routes, especially when it's just straight route running and creating space in his routes for the quarterback. He's, I think quarterbacks are going to really trust him and rely on him as a very savvy route runner. I think that's a good word to describe his game. And, and, let's, and let's just be honest, NFL teams are looking for guys that you know are creative and stuff like that. Uh, so I think it's going to be something that 
he's a guy that can be utilized in a lot of different ways. And NFL offensive coordinators or head coaches who's ever calling the plays are going to find ways to get him the ball in terms of just making plays in space. So there it is, guys. A little deep dive into three prospects for this week. Uh, I thought it would be fun to really dig into these guys. It was a little bit of a, you know, soft week in terms of no college football games and stuff like that. So on that note, guys, if you enjoy what we've been doing here, please get over to the website. SSfootball.com is the quickest and fastest way to get over there. Check out the premium content tab and look at the premium notebooks, guys. For $9.99, you get access to all three notebooks. You get immediate access to the scouting notebook, the 2022 scouting notebook. It has 80 to 85 deep player scouting profiles already, strengths, functional areas, developmental areas, uh, how they win, NFL role, NFL draft projection, fantasy spin. I'm going to be adding these three players. I'm going to be adding all four or five guys we did on the last deep dive edition and any other relevant players, offensive skill guys who are going to the senior bowl or who gain momentum in the pre-draft process. They're all going to be added in there. I'm going to go back in and, and rewatch more film from this year and update all those profiles uh, that were written in the summer and have been updated a little bit throughout the, the season as well with major updates in the months of January and February in the pre-draft cycle. I'll separate it to be just guys who are in the draft and then guys who aren't will be on a separate tab who decide to go back to school. So that's all in the scouting notebook. Then in the rankings notebook, you get all our rankings. You get the draft eligible rankings. You get our Devi rankings. You get our dynasty rookie rankings. We will put the draft eligible guys who declare into tiers our own S to S created tiers. You will get our tiers. And then this year, Jeff Abercrombie and I also added to the rankings notebook the positional overall dynasty rankings, not dynasty rookie, positional overall dynasty rankings. They've been updated throughout the NFL year. More updates to come in, in the coming weeks as well. And then in April, you get the draft projections notebook, which has tabs for every position, offense and defense. 300 to 400 total prospects in this thing, a snapshot of who they are, their strengths, some developmental areas, how they win, their measurements, everything from the combine, uh, and projecting their round and how they are going to go off the board in terms of everything we're hearing, listening, and reading. So that's not our takes. That's what we're hearing to try to predict it. We'll have a big board for who we expect to come off the board in round one, the first three rounds, and all seven rounds and every pick in the NFL draft. We've had great success predicting that uh, over the years here, and I look forward to it again. It is the best way to support us, guys. It's $9.99. All the money that we get goes right back into S2S in terms of the operating costs, the subscriptions we need, the website, the everything that we need, the servers, all that stuff. We really could use the support, you know, so if you can, if you bought it in the past, we hope you consider buying it again. If not, we hope that if you've never checked it out, we hope that you consider checking it out uh, as well. So next week we'll be back. 
Matt or Jeff or both of them will be back with me. We'll do a more regular NFL draft report next week with the different segments for the Debbie, the NFL rookie report, the dynasty spin, and all that stuff. So on behalf of Matt, on behalf of Jeff, and on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.